Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Hi, this is Dr. John Townsend, and you're listening to Life Giver. Hi, this is Taya Kyle, and you're listening to Life Giver. Hey, this is Dr. Les Parrott, and you're listening to Life Giver. Welcome to the Life Giver Podcast. This is Corey Weathers. We are entering into a new series and it is all about deployment. I am going to interview Lizanne Lightfoot, who is from theseasonedspouse.com, and she is doing a deployment masterclass. Now, this military spouse is um, married to a Marine has been through many, many deployments and has definitely entered into a part of her life, a season of her life that um, definitely has earned her the title of a seasoned spouse. And so I'm happy to share this interview with her. And I also wanted to let you know that we are ending this season of the Life Giver podcast. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that every fall I go into a sabbatical where I just take some time away and think about what's next for the new year and rest and allow those kind of create that creative part of myself to rest so that I can have new excitement, new motivation to offer you in the next year. So this is going to be the last series of 2018 and I hope hope that you have enjoyed it. It's been a blast. I have so enjoyed all of the interviews. And so in the meantime, I hope that you will go back and maybe re-listen to some episodes, maybe um, catch up on those that you haven't listened to in the past, and maybe even send me an email at info at CoreyWeathers.com and let me know what you would like to see 2019 bring. And so without further ado, here is my conversation with Lizanne Lightfoot. So I think the more that we can collect those successful, encouraging stories of people admitting, you know, it's not always pretty, it can get pretty hairy at times, but it's going to be okay. And people need to hear that again and again. They need to be reminded that there's nothing special about me. I don't have superpowers. We got through those deployments because we had to. And everyone else that is joining this group or viewing the deployment masterclass, they all have the exact same inner strength and capabilities and possibilities that I have. So if I can do it, if these other hundreds of spouses in the group can do it, then they can do it too. Well, I think about what you were saying about the Facebook group where they were sharing the videos of homecoming videos and and whether or not that was helpful or encouraging or not, you know, you were a little bit at first worried about that. But I think I remember going back to uh, maybe it was after the first deployment when I realized, you know, there are these certain big milestones that we experience in our life Our you know, high school graduation is one of those or your wedding day, or, you know, we have these big milestones that happen and the calendar keeps moving, right? The clock keeps ticking. And I think that when you're able to see that someone else's homecoming day arrived, right? That, you know, those days that feels like this deployment is lasting forever and it's never going to end, that being able to see someone else's, you know, that their calendar eventually got to that day and then passed it, that we have to remind ourselves that there will be a day where we're going to be looking back on this deployment as it being done and over, 
right? Sometimes we just need that encouragement to know that you may be in the middle of it, but sometimes the best work, the best stretching, the best character growth happens when we're in the middle of stuff. And we may find ourselves crossing that finish line and on the other side of it, looking back going, wow, I love who I am and who we can be as a family now that I can look back and see that I grew through all of that. So I like the fact that they are sharing those welcome home ceremonies because it really is, I mean, there, there always can be that little bit of, oh, I wish that was me and oh, that looks amazing and mine's lasting forever and, and all that. But I think it's also going, I'm going to get to post my video next, right? Or soon it'll be my turn. Yes. And I think that's a big part of it. Um, another thing that I see pretty often is people talking about how if they are, especially when they're girlfriends and fiancés, or if they've chosen to move home and be surrounded by family during deployment instead of staying closer to a military base, then a lot of times they don't get that support or understanding from family members. And they just want a place where they can vent a little bit and talk to other military spouses who get it. So when they say, you know what? I haven't had a phone call for two weeks and my cousin is telling me that, oh, my boyfriend is leaving overnight and I'm gonna be so sad. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so frustrating, who else can relate? And then of course, many people in the group can relate because we've all had those types of conversations where we've had to bite our tongue or sort of look the other way or a well-meaning coworker that just says the complete wrong thing, you know? Awesome. Right? right? <laughs> So I think being in an environment like that where you can say, guys, it's almost my homecoming day and that entire community understands exactly what you mean and exactly the emotions that are going into that. Whereas your family and your friends back home, just even if they're trying, they might not be able to relate and sometimes the feedback for them is going to fall a little bit flat and not meet your needs. I think being in that community of military significant others, military spouses, that you can have a bad day, you can vent about it, and no one's going to think that you know, you're breaking up your marriage or something. And you can, you can talk about struggles that you're having with your kids, and no one's going to judge you as being the world's worst mom. Whereas I think in a lot of our communal Facebook groups, we would be afraid to share those type of details because of the feedback that you might get. So let me ask you a couple of tough questions, right? So I know you can give me that look like, oh no, what does that mean? Because I did not give Lizanne a list of questions before we started this. I am a huge believer in organic conversation. Um, and so let me ask you a few tough questions and I'll join in with you on this discussion um, because I think a lot of the people who are listening who are really looking for some wisdom when it comes to maybe they're going into a deployment, maybe a deployment's on, on the calendar, or maybe they're in the middle of a deployment and they are feeling that insecurity. I think that a lot of times they are looking for those answers and maybe not the specific us as seasoned spouses telling them exactly what they should do, but at least giving them wisdom as they're kind of coming up with what's what feels right for them and their family. So maybe you and I can have a little bit of a seasoned spouse conversation and talk about some things that you've learned that you can maybe pass that wisdom down um, to those that might be just wanting to hear kind of both sides of maybe some decisions that they're trying to make. So 
I think a first question that I would throw it out to you is, um, let's say that there is someone listening who is in the middle of a deployment and they're exhausted. Maybe they have small children. You have four children, you said, mm-hmm. um, and they're just exhausted and they're feeling like um, they just don't know if they can get through this. What would you say to them? Um, first, I'd say, yes, it is exhausting. <laughs> I get that. I've had babies during deployment and toddlers and being nonstop responsible for younger ones when you're the only adult in the house, it is mentally draining and it's okay to admit that. Um, But I think when you reach that point, if it's the middle of the deployment and you still have a ways to go and you just feel like you're done, it is the end. First of all, it's okay to have a bad day. Um, And I've, had plenty of them where I am depressed or I am tired or I'm just not feeling like doing anything that day. And that happens, but I try very hard not to let that turn into a bad week Mm. or to eat up, you know, a huge chunk of the deployment. You have a bad day, you get some extra sleep and you move on. And if you're not able to break that cycle and if it seems to be one bad day after another or you've just been in a slump for a week or so, then I think it's time to really look seriously at your routines because something is not working and you've got to find a way to make it work for the rest of the deployment. And I tend to get into those places where I just kind of spin my gears and, you know, want to beat my head against the wall until something does work. And I have to remind myself to take a step back and make a change. So if something isn't working with the kids, then maybe I need to either change our discipline tactics or change their chore responsibilities or change their schedule, you know, whatever age they are and whatever seems to be the sticking point, something has to give and the kids aren't going to change. So I have to be the one to do that. And then with me also, you know, if I'm feeling completely drained and exhausted, then that's when we start talking about self-care and that idea that if you're not taking care of yourself, then how can you possibly take care of others? And so if that means hiring a babysitter and just getting out of the house for a couple hours, you probably need that. And that is okay. And you have my permission to hire a babysitter for an hour or two. Maybe you're just really behind on housework and you're feeling overwhelmed and you know depressed at your own messy house. It's okay to hire help. When I had my fourth kid, I hired a maid and I felt a little weird about it at the time because I'd never done that before and we're not a fancy family that usually has made but I absolutely needed someone just to like clean the bathrooms and clean the kitchens and make our house at a safe level of sanitation because I was just barely keeping up with laundry I could either do laundry or I could clean but I couldn't do both so something had to give and I had to hire someone to come in for just one day a week a couple hours to help me manage the house and that was life-changing and it was great so sometimes I think during deployment when we are stuck in a rut and just feeling like we can't do it anymore then you need to take back take a step back and just think what can I do differently how can I get help you don't always have to pay sometimes you can ask a friend to watch your kids or sometimes you can trade babysitting with a friend you know you can ask other people and people are often very willing to help. You just have to make that step to ask. I love, so love everything that you just said. Um, I think it was during my first deployment that I, um, I love that you said paying attention to routine and that sometimes things need to change. I remember there was a point where I realized during the first deployment, because I was almost like I kept finding myself 
in a place where I was in a funk. And then I started to realize it was almost like a pattern. Mm. And then I realized, wow, when I've not, cause I had toddlers at the time. And so I know I wasn't sleeping great. And so I remember this moment where I realized on the fifth day. So if I had not slept well after four nights, it was always the fifth day that I just was in a funk and couldn't get anything accomplished. And so once I realized that, I just realized, okay, you know what? It's okay for me to take something that's safe over the counter that just helps me get a deeper sleep, you know, and to be able to go, you know what? I, one that I could still hear the kids if I needed to, you know, hear the kids and get up, but being able to have, okay, I know for sure that my line is that fifth night. So that fifth night, I desperately am going to have to find a way to get a good night's sleep somehow. Right. And that translated even into the reintegration when I was able to communicate that with my husband and go, it's been four nights. You're not going to like who I am tomorrow. Right. So I really need your help. Like I really need one night of good sleep and then I'll be back on track again. Yeah. And so, and I used to always say to myself, um, you, what you said about re-examining when the things aren't working with the kids and the kids are like shifted all of a sudden and they're not listening to you or something's not right. I think mm -hmm. it's so easy for people and for parents, especially of young kids, when things start to go chaotic and you've been doing the same thing, like you've had the same structure, you've had the same discipline and all of a sudden it's not working. I hear from so many parents that they go, what's wrong with me, right? What am I doing wrong? What are, you know, what's going on? And you said it perfectly that oftentimes it's that the kids are ready for the next like level up, right? They're ready for that next set of chores or they're ready for a different kind of discipline that they weren't capable of before. It's not always a, a poor reflection of you. It's really just kind of that develop, developmental stage that's progressed. So I love the way that you said that. Thank you. It's been... Uh lots of eye-opening experience <laughs> my kids I mean we've been through all different ages now the oldest is 10 so I can't speak to the middle schoolers and high schooler experience um, but we've been through deployments with every age I think from about 0 to 10 and different challenges every step of the way especially with different personalities as well right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an opportunity to answer the question that we were talking about before, which is um, when other people are saying, how do you get through a deployment and other people answer, just stay busy, what is the answer that you would rather give? So I like to focus more on goal setting than on actually staying busy. Um, and this is something that Judy Davis and I talked about in her video interview for the masterclass. The idea that it, it, it's okay to stay busy, but that busyness should be fulfilling and meaningful to you. Mm. It should not just be, oh, I should do this thing because I have nothing else going on, or I should do this thing because someone else said that I should. Um, instead, I like to look at deployment, especially when we have some advanced notice, and I, my husband's deployments have been fairly predictable, so we often know a year ahead of time that there's going to be training and then he's probably going to deploy in this month and it's probably going to last this long. So I have a lot of time to anticipate and plan. And I know not everyone gets that, but um, for us, I usually set some short-term goals and some long-term goals throughout the deployment of, you know, here's one big thing I want to accomplish. And it's something that fulfills me. It's something that is exciting to me. It's not going to be a chore. It's not going to be a hassle. It's going to be something exciting that I look forward to. And it might be a new hobby. Um, I think when I was younger, one time I learned how to play guitar. and I thought that would be a neat thing to do during deployment. Um, and then I think his most recent ones, I was working on my book. And so I 
I accomplished writing certain amount of chapters of my book, which was fun and it was fulfilling. Um, lots of people set weight loss goals, which can be great too, especially if you start seeing those results and that becomes exciting and motivating. Um, but I don't like to get too bogged down on a particular number, you know, like I will lose 20 pounds this deployment because then, you know, what if you only get to 15? What if you get to 18? Are you going to beat yourself up over that? Um, so I, I talk a lot about setting realistic goals and setting fulfilling goals and kind of having those bucket lists of, I've always wanted to go here with a friend and that's not something I do with my husband, but now that he's away for seven months, that's a trip that I could plan or a thing that I could look forward to and enjoy doing with some friends. And it doesn't mean I like my husband any less if I'm enjoying the surrounding area around our base, but it means that I'm finding things that are exciting and fulfilling to me. So if those are the kind of plans that keep you busy and keep you engaged and get you out of bed in the morning, then those I think are absolutely good ways to stay busy during deployment. But just, you know, throwing a bunch of Pinterest projects at yourself because you've seen other people do it. I don't personally get a lot of reward from crafting and from Pinterest. And so <laughs> I. I can't even decorate a table to save my life. I'm, I'm not the wife that does the fancy homecoming signs and the nice care packages. So for other people, if that's their thing, you know, if they want to focus on one decorated care package a month and that's fun for them, that's cool. For me, that's not really fun. That feels more like a chore. Mm -hmm. So I would absolutely encourage people, you know, find your things that are going to motivate you. Find things where you can measure your success, you know, one care package a month five pounds a month or whatever you can track and measure and feel accomplished about, I think you're going to feel more and more confident in yourself and discover your own talents and discover your inner strength. And that's going to carry through facing a lot of the deployment challenges. So let me ask you another question because I know that you brought it up earlier um, that I, there might be somebody out there that is really weighing the pros and cons of um, what they should do with them. Maybe even if they have kids too, maybe it's their first deployment. Um, I, I get this question thrown towards me a lot, which is um, the topic of geobatching or in this case, like you mentioned, returning back home um, to stay with family during a deployment. So if there's somebody listening that is facing a deployment and they're trying to make that decision, should I stay close to the installation or should I go back home? I know this is a tough, almost controversial question for me to ask you. So I'm going to answer it too. So we'll both kind of give them our kind of two cents in. But what, what is your typical response if somebody is trying to figure that out? Yeah, I do get that one a lot too. And I think I actually created a video about it last year. And honestly, my response was that it really depends on the person and it depends on their situation. So I can't give a blanket answer of which one is better because it really depends on whether or not you have kids, your relationship with your family. Will you have a community where you're living? Are you going to have a job? You know, all those kinds of things. It depends so much on the person. So for us, I mentioned that his first few deployments, I was a girlfriend and I stayed put where I was. We actually delayed getting married for years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My choice, not his, um, because I wanted to finish college and then I had a job that I loved and I was living near family. And I said to him, you know, you keep deploying. There is nothing for me out at your base. 
which to be fair was 29 Palms, California. And that is, in most people's opinions, one of the most desolate Marine Corps bases that we have. So, so that was, that was an accurate statement then for the most part. Right. I wasn't just making up and, and, and being hard. Um, I mean, it's really, it's a small base in the middle of a desert. There were no job opportunities there. I didn't know any people there. So for me, at that point in my life, the right thing to do was to stay put where I had job security, where I had support and community and family and friends nearby. What I lacked when I did that was the connection to the military unit. And at that time in my life, I didn't know any other military spouses or girlfriends, so it didn't really matter. But now, especially since we've had kids, I've had the complete opposite experience. Um, I actually gave birth on my own during one of our deployments because I didn't want to live, I didn't want to move back home near family with a toddler. Well, I had two toddlers, really. Um, two toddlers and then had a baby during the deployment. I thought my parents offered for me to come back and live with them and, you know, give birth at a local hospital. And to me, that was going to be more uprooting and frustrating, especially for the toddler routines and mm -hmm. such that it was better to just stay put at our house, give birth at the local hospital near the base, and I had family come and visit and help me out, and I did have friends come and help me out too. But that was a choice that I made that I think was the right thing to do. So I think it just depends so much on you and your kids and your own situation. And also, I encourage people to be realistic about their relationship with their families. Mm -hmm. Because especially for some younger spouses that have moved away from home, married their service member, and maybe it's been a couple years since they've been back, sometimes they think going back home is going to be like going back to high school and like, oh yeah, all my friends will be there and it's going to be great and we're going to hang out. But you really need to consider the reality that, you know, are you going to have a job or aren't you? Are your parents working or are they available to help you? Are your friends working? Are they even still living in the same town? You know, things, there's no way to ever step back in time. So you have to be realistic about what is the current environment and situation at your home and in your hometown and not just have these idealistic views of, sure, it'll be fun. Everyone's going to hang out with me all the time. Mm -hmm. Such a wise answer. And I love the fact that you've experienced that in different ways. Like, I, I appreciate that you've experienced that as a girlfriend and staying home and, and making that wise decision for you at the time. Um, and then I also appreciate that there was another time where you said, no, this is best for me to stay, even though it's going to be hard. And honestly, I don't even know if there's anything that I could add to that answer. It was just such a beautifully well done answer. And it's usually the answer that I give as well, that it does depend. I think the only thing that I usually say is I just don't want people to don't make the decision, whatever your decision is, I would hate for you to make the decision to go home um, because you're afraid to do something tough, right? Sure. That would be the only thing that I would, I would say if there was a clear, like, I would, you know, I'd almost rather see, and, and then we have to define what is tough, right? Like yeah. if you're, if you're going through like some medical scare that you really need to be surrounded by good medical care and good support and family support and all that, that's a different kind of tough, right? Um, but I do have some people that, that send in questions that one of the things, the main thing is that they're just scared that they've never been through a deployment before that, um, 
that this is all new for them, especially if they've just moved to an installation and that even if there is support, that it's just the fear of going through that and thinking that you're not going to have that support. And so you're right. It's such a tough answer to give, but I would definitely encourage those that don't have like very big, huge reasons that make a lot of sense as to why you should not try to get involved with the supportive community, I definitely would encourage that if you can, because there is some element, very much the way that you described the Facebook page, there is um, great encouragement um, mm -hmm. to be around those who are going through it, even at the same time. You know, some of my best friendships came out of going through that experience with them together, and it was us relying on each other. And so had I um, gone home just to avoid that, I would have missed out on really great relationships and a different level of support and friendship that maybe you've never experienced before. So I'm not sure what you would say about that, Lizanne. Anything different? I hear that sometimes from people who have chosen to go home during deployment. And, and it, it, it pains me when I hear the regret that they say, I wish I hadn't either because you know my family's not being as supportive as I thought they would be, or my friends are all busy and don't have time for me, or they see other spouses and girlfriends near the military base or in, from that same unit kind of bonding and planning events together and you know just doing girls' night outs or whatever, and they feel left out of that community and they feel like they're getting the worst of both worlds. They're not finding support at home and they're feeling excluded from the military community and they're like, where's my place? So my bottom line answer for that is go where you feel like you'll have community. Mm -hmm. And depending on your stage of life, for some people that is friends and family back home and for other people, um, like when I said I, had, I chose to stay near our station and give birth there, I was entrenched in a very active mom's group that I knew would help me out, would watch my kids, would bring me meals, would do anything that I needed in an emergency and you know, above and beyond, they offered things that I didn't even think to ask for. So I knew that that was where my community support was and not that my parents couldn't have provided that, but it was just a different dynamic and it would have been more disruptive to my family to, to do that. So you have to go where the community is and I will add that there's a page in the deployment guide that is a worksheet to help you work through the pros and cons of living at home, living near the base, um, and it kind of leaves it open-ended so you can see the budget implications of each choice and you can kind of see um, what you're gonna be missing and what you're gonna be getting depending which choice you make. And that way people can decide for themselves what's gonna work out the best for them. Perfect. I did not even know that's even in the guide. So I'm so glad you included that because it is such a huge decision for so many people. And I just want to normalize that too. Like I, I think everybody going through a deployment has at least that moment where it kind of goes through your mind. Like what is best for us? Like, do I want to stay um, and tough this out here? What is for us here? And would it, you know, would it help us save money if I went home? Or like, I think it's a normal question that everybody asks um, at least it goes through your mind, you know, even if it just doesn't even make sense for you to go home. I think it's a normal question that just goes through your mind of what could I do while he's gone, right? Always those what ifs, because there is always the possibility of saving money if you um, are basically able to live rent free with family back home and then sort of pocket the BAH. I mean, the service member is usually very supportive of that idea if that's what someone wants to do. Um, 
and then there's there's also yeah just like I said all the pros and cons that you think what if I found a job what if I didn't find a job you know you have to consider what would my life be like in each scenario and it's hard Mm -hmm. so um I wanted to ask you kind of on a little bit of a deeper level with you maybe a way for us to kind of close out our conversation um when you look back over seven deployments and how many moves have you done? Do you know? I stopped counting myself personally. So I think this was just our fifth. Fifth. Okay. So let's say your fifth move and seven deployments and you've been married, I think you said 11 years, right? Yeah. So now looking back over seven deployments, what would you say, what kind of growth have you gone through personally? What kind of depth has it added to your character? Does that make sense as a question? I, I think that that's a very good question. And I think probably, um, I don't think of myself that way, but probably I'm sure his deployments had a defining um, influence on who I am and the fact that I want to encourage other people. Because like I said, those first deployments were so hard and they were so isolating that I think that kind of left a mark. And I got through them. I mean, I didn't feel... I didn't feel like a victim. I didn't feel like traumatized at the time. But I think looking back, I realized how alone I was and how unsupported I felt. And I didn't want anyone else to have to experience that. And so that has been a huge motivating fact and um, part of the reason that I want to build this encouraging community for everyone. Like I said, regardless of whether it's girlfriend or fiance or boyfriend or fiance or spouse, that everyone should be able to find a supportive military community that can say it's going to be okay. We've been there. Um, So I think his early deployments challenged me to learn so much about myself. I was figuring out a lot on my own at that stage in life. I had graduated college, was working my first job, living on my own in my first apartment. You know, it was just sort of a huge growth period. Um, So to go through that on my own, before we were married, defined a lot about who I was as a person and how I entered our marriage and probably who I am as a wife because I wasn't fully dependent as, as we'd say, I was a very independent person at that time. And I think his later deployments have really challenged me to be a problem solver um, with being a homeowner and having kids and just, you know, something is always going wrong and it has made me realize that I can never really be selfish and completely focused on myself because my life is connected to all these people around me. And so I'm always kind of focused on our family and what they need and how to take care of them and encourage them and make life a little bit easier for them. Um, So there's definitely been some tough moments, but it's forced me to reach out to other people to ask for help. Um, kind of break that that humble you know I can do anything attitude and I, I have had moments where I've had to tell people I can't I can't do everything and I really need a mechanic or an expert or a babysitter or something <laughs> so I'm so sure I, I hear that and I hear you being able to have more grace for yourself 
you know, I think that we do initially come in after we kind of get into our battle rhythm of deployment, which we didn't really get a chance to talk about what that is. And, and you really can hit your stride in deployment where you feel like you've got your rhythm, the kids kind of have a routine, you kind of, doesn't mean that you feel that every single day, but you kind of start to feel like you've, you're gaining confidence in this new normal. Um, and, but what I've heard from you today is that you also learned how to be graceful with yourself, that even though you hit your battle rhythm and developed confidence of what you could do and having the right resources and the right organization around you, that your ability to go, I can't be everything. You know, I do need to ask for help. It's okay for my house to be not perfect. It's okay for my kids to not be perfect. That I guess embracing that level of grace for yourself, surely um, the, a lot of these deployments was part of that experience and that growth for you. I think so. I, I really love the way you put that because that's more lovely than what I would <laughs> to describe myself. Does it feel graceful at the time, right? right? No, I wouldn't say that I'm a graceful person, but I think you've hit on the fact that um, deployments kind of force you to choose what to hold on to and what to let go. And I mean that on an emotional level, on a physical level, on just like so many things that I think without deployments or, you know, everyday military life challenges that we could kind of coast along maintaining the status quo and that is in our jobs and in our relationships and in a lot of things. And deployments kind of throw you up against that wall where it's, you know, do or die. And in those moments, you find your true friends, you find your true strengths, your own talents, and you also learn what you're not good at. And you have the ability and I, I like that, the grace to just say, you know what, that's not my thing and I'm, I'm not gonna be that person. And it's cool that somebody else, you know, posted that picture or does that or is accomplished in that area. That's not me and I'm okay with that. Um, I think as a younger, more insecure person, I felt like, you know, a good military spouse needs to do this and this and this and I need to be this and this as a wife and, you know, we have all these, expectations on ourselves and now I have a little bit more freedom to say you know what I know that I am the wife that my husband needs I know that I'm the mom that my kids need doesn't mean I'm perfect every day um, but I do know my own abilities and then I know my areas where I'm not going to be you know what somebody else would consider amazing and wonderful like we talked about crafting and Pinterest and stuff I'm okay with admitting that that's not my strength. And I think deployments have sort of given me that permission to be the mom that I need to be and to be the wife that I need to be without using other people's social media or other people's pictures to kind of put these expectations on my shoulders. So well said. And I still, even though my kids are older, it still stands out to me you know, there were seasoned spouses that were in my life at various points right when I needed it that gave me the wisdom that I needed for that day. And so that's why I think that for me, that community is so important when you can tap in. If you're National Guard, you know, or your reserves and you don't feel like you have that sense of community, I'm going to highly, highly encourage you um, to go to the season. It's seasonspouse.com, right? And go to Lizanne's website and join the Facebook group because there is, I hear all the time that National Guard and Reserve don't have the level of support that they really need. And this is a great place for you to find it um, because there were seasoned spouses that um, interjected their wisdom at various points right when I needed it on the day and the moment that I needed it. 
And one was the one that I shared earlier um, where I was frustrated and she said, if, if you're that frustrated, then go be a part of changing it. Um, doesn't mean that you're like running people over and causing problems, just means get involved. Get involved and make it better. Bring your talent, bring your strength to the equation and see maybe somebody actually just needs your help. Maybe it's not perfect because they need other volunteers. Um, but I remember there was another seasoned spouse during a very intense part of our deployment who just said, it's okay to give your kids Cheerios tonight. Like you don't even have to even go so far to make nuggets. Like I remember there were, <laughs> there were some nights that just putting nuggets in the oven for 15 minutes was like almost too much. Right. I know that sounds crazy, but those of you who've been through it understand. And there was something, it sounds like such a basic thing for her to just throw out there. But for me, it was the exact moment that I needed it. I just needed another seasoned spouse who wasn't going to judge me, right? That just was going to say, your kids are going to be fine. Like give them some Cheerios and get them to bed so that you can rest. Like that's more important. Make the awesome meal tomorrow, but tonight right. just give them Cheerios. It's going to be fine. And I think that is huge. Like I said, pulling back that curtain and not putting on the mask of we're great, we're strong, we can do anything. Um, because I think military spouses can do anything, but we also all have our challenging moments and our, our weaknesses. So pulling back that curtain and saying, you know what? Yeah, sometimes it is cereal for dinner or frozen pizza, you know, or mac and cheese three nights a week. Like sometimes there have been periods of my life where that's what we did. And I did not do that every day for years, but there were definitely times when that was reality and it's okay to show that to other people mm -hmm. so that other military spouses don't have this expectation of like, well, I saw a health blog that says you need to cook, you know, fresh meals five nights a week for your kids. And that's just not realistic much in that moment, in that situation, that's really not fair to be placing that weight on another spouse's shoulders for no reason. So, I think that also goes back to what you said at the very beginning, that there were, there were times, there were days that you had a bad day and that you just made it a point to make sure that it didn't, didn't become a bad week or even a bad couple months, right? So being able to give ourselves that grace to go, this was a really bad day or this was a really bad couple of days that my me and my kids can survive through those couple of bad days. Um, but I'm also going to set that long, that short-term and long-term goal that you also talked about to say, I'm going to set a goal that says I'm by the end of the week, I'm going to do what I need to do to take care of myself so that I'm not turning this into macaroni and cheese for the next three weeks. Exactly. And that's what I think is the beauty of having goals that if you do trip up, if you have a bad day or you're kind of in a slump or whatever, you don't just throw the whole goal out the window and say, okay, I guess I can't do it. You say, okay, but like you said, by the end of the week or by the end of the month, here's where I'm trying to get to. And then I'll just take those baby steps that I need to along the way. So if, you know, if that means cereal once and then next week, not cereal, there you go. That's, <laughs> that's the baby step that you've accomplished. But it's things like that. When you look at it from that perspective, you're going to feel so much more confident and secure in your decision-making, in your problem-solving abilities. Whereas any of us, I think, as moms, as wives, you know, regardless of deployments, we could beat ourselves over the head all the time of like, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I don't do X, Y, and Z. And that's not really serving any purpose. If that's not motivating you, then that's just hurting. Lizanne, 
I'm so thankful that you've put all of this together for so many people. We, we still have so many deployments that are actually happening. So many people that need this wisdom. And I'm so glad that you have embraced your role as a seasoned spouse. I would definitely say that you are one. You have so much wisdom to offer. Um, those of you who are listening, you can find out more about her deployment masterclass at seasonspouse.com. Um, you can also find her on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and I highly recommend everything that she's doing to, to provide the resources and tools and wisdom that you guys need to be able to feel like you can confidently get through a deployment. And what I think is bonus here is to also give you the support that you need in a community. So Lizanne, thank you for what you're doing, not only for the deployment masterclass, but the way that you're giving your talents through writing and your presence online has been so encouraging to all of us. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Corey. It has been such a pleasure to be with you and to talk about deployments from the other side and to look back and, and realize that I have something to share with the community. So I hope that those listening have been encouraged and come and find me on any of my pages. I'm on Instagram too. So I will see you around. Thanks for listening to the Life Giver podcast. If you're enjoying these conversations as being free of advertising or sponsorship, please help me by spreading the word to other military and first responder families that might benefit from the show. If you'd like to find out more about me or Life Giver, you can find more information at www.coryweathers.com or life-giver.org.